Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Meckler. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. I'm ready to go. Hopefully you guys are ready to go. It's Sunday night. It's time for the Battle Cry. And you know how much I love the Battle Cry. I love being here with you guys on Sunday nights. It's one of my favorite things to do. And the main reason it's one of my favorite things to do is because so many of you are here and you're participating. As always, Producer G will be watching the comments, pulling out the best questions. He knows. I mean, he knows what's best because he's Producer G. So, of course, he knows. So, anyway, he'll be pulling out the questions. You can put your comments below, your questions below. He'll put feed the best of me. I'll comment back or I'll answer your questions. I love it, by the way, when you ask the questions. The questions are really good and, and they keep me inspired. I know you guys are in it. You know a lot more than I know collectively. Sometimes people will tell me it seems like I know a lot of stuff. Mostly I know a lot of stuff because I listen to you guys. So, by the way, our theme this week is don't get gaslighted, light the fire of liberty instead. We're going to talk a lot about the Biden administration, get all the crazy stuff they're doing, the the denials. It's, it's We live in a really crazy world right now. All right, we're going to start with this, though. You notice I'm wearing my Let's Go Brandon shirt, right? Do you like it? It's new. It's got our COS logo here. It's got the American flag here. It's got a basic Let's Go Brandon design. You guys can get this at conventionofstates.com forward slash store. Producer G will throw that up on the screen. Conventionofstates.com forward slash store. But there's some controversy around this shirt. And so I want to address the controversy. And not just around the shirt, but around the whole idea of Let's Go Brandon. I want to start with this. I am a conservative I am a Christian conservative. I'm a Bible-thumping Jewish Christian conservative. When I say I'm Bible-thumping, just so you know, my one of my favorite Bibles, I got my Founder's Bible right here on the desk. If you don't have that, really cool. You can get it from Wall Builders. But I'm pretty serious about this stuff, right? And so there's this idea, and there are some conservatives who believe this, that Let's Go Brandon is just too foul, and that we as Christians shouldn't use that. You know, most people know, I'll be blunt, it's obviously a stand-in there for... F Joe Biden, for lack of a better way of saying it. It came at a NASCAR race, a driver won, uh, a sportscaster was interviewing the driver and behind the driver and the sportscaster, the fans were chanting F Joe Biden. And the sportscaster said, oh, listen, they're chanting, let's go Brandon. So that's where let's go Brandon comes from. And so there's some controversy around this. The left is clutching their pearls and saying, oh my, it's so offensive that people are saying, let's go Brandon. It's not the proper respect for the president. It's not the proper respect for the administration. It's offensive. It's foul, blah, blah, blah. To them, to the people on the left, I say, yeah, whatever, right? Literally, you are the people who are standing up. You think about it. Al Pacino at the Tonys stood up and said on national TV at the Tonys, F Joe Biden. He didn't just say F. He said the whole thing. This is the left that was collectively, uh, sorry, he said F Donald Trump. This is the left that was collectively saying F Donald Trump for an entire presidency and much worse, by the way. I mean, just absolutely the most foul stuff. Kathy Griffin, uh, you know, had what took a picture with the decapitated head of Donald Trump. It was just incredibly foul, horrible stuff. So to the people on the left who are acting like this is so horrifying and they're clutching their pearls, I say, let's go, Brandon. Now, to my friends on the right, some of whom I've heard from, who are squeamish about this, I actually understand why. And I'm not, um, I'm not bothered that you find it squeamish. And I don't mean that by I don't care about your feelings. 
what I mean is reasonable people can differ on this, right? And so if you find this is too much for you, it's too crass, it's too in your face, it's too over the top, I'm not judging anybody for that. I Look, we all got to draw those lines about what's humorous and what's crass, wherever we might draw it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm hard to offend. Uh, language doesn't offend me much. Particular words don't offend me much. So for me, I'm really not offended by it. I'm also, I have to admit to you, I just... I just find it funny. I just, it suits my sense of humor. I think it's ironic. I think it's humorous. And I think anytime that you can force the American left to actually have to say that they're offended by the words, let's go, Brandon, like that makes it a hundred times funnier. And I really do think it's funny. And it's just, to me, it's a humorous meme. It's kind of grown out of control. I saw today that there's an entire store somewhere now in Massachusetts set up for a let's go, Brandon store heading into the Christmas holidays and get let's go Brandon hats and shirts and mugs and all kinds of stuff like that and I just think it's funny and it's clearly under the skin of the American left I gotta say I don't think Joe Biden even knows it's happening literally I don't think he's cognizant probably I mean where is he gonna see let's go Brandon right and not only is he not see it even if he did he wouldn't understand the meaning of let's go Brandon I think he's completely out of touch what he knows is what are they getting pumped up with drugs enough to read from the teleprompter and what they tell him that he's going to say, that's what he knows. And I don't even think he knows that afterwards. So my stance on Let's Go Brandon is I think it's humorous. I don't think it's foul. I think it gives us a chance to kind of slap at politicians we don't like by saying Let's Go Brandon. I think it's now broader than just Joe Biden. I think it's really funny. Ron DeSantis calls it the Brandon administration now. Yeah, Ted Cruz say it on the floor of the United States Senate. I find it humorous. If you find it humorous too, then you can go to conventionofstates.com forward slash store and you can get your Let's Go branded t shirt. I'll tell you when I went out in public, I mean, one cool thing is it is an identifier of people who are like minded. You will have people give you the thumbs up and say, Love your shirt. I get the same thing when I wear my Hell No Joe shirt or Come and Make Me shirt. People love them and they're identifiers. You'll meet people who are like minded. In fact, I was out at a local barbecue joint yesterday, picking up a bunch of barbecue to watch the Michigan football game. We'll talk about that later. And some came up because on the back window of the Land Cruiser is a huge sticker this big on both sides in the back that says, hell no, Joe. It's the same design as is on the t-shirt. Guy was coming up to take a picture of it because he wanted to buy one for the back window of his pickup truck. So we met some nice new conservatives, exchange cards. We're going to get together. It's a good conversation starter. So I think Let's Go Brandon is that. It's great in the airports. It's great out in public. I've never had anybody give me a hard time for any of these shirts. Now, maybe that's just me. I don't know. But it's not happened to me. And what I find is it helps people self-identify like that person thinks like me. I had to go talk to them. And I meet a lot of cool people because I'm willing to wear the gear that shows where I stand politically. So if you're that way, if you're bold about it, if you're willing to not be gaslighted and instead light the fires of liberty, go to conventionofstates.com, buy your Let's Go Brandon shirt, your Hell No Joe shirt, your Defiant Patriot shirt. We got a lot of cool merch there now. I would tell you about two years ago, I used to look at our store and think, eh, I don't really, I don't love any of it. I would wear a COS shirt, but nobody ever talked about it. Now I think there's so much stuff there that you would like and everybody else conservative you know would like i mean we sold a lot of merch over black friday weekend and you guys should buy this stuff you'll it'll definitely still get it all in time for the holidays you may even have some christmas ornaments left but pick up these shirts for your kids for your grandkids anybody you know that's conservative they'll appreciate them they'll enjoy them 
and they'll meet more conservatives too. All right, so I'm going to move on to this idea of gaslighting. And first of all, I want to make sure that people understand what gaslighting is, because the first time I heard this term, I didn't even really know what it meant. I, you know, I kept hearing it, I, something to do with something not being true. Here's where gaslighting comes from. There's a movie, I think it dates back to the 1930s, and a man lives with his wife, and he's trying to make her think that she's crazy. And they have gas lights in this apartment, and he keeps turning down the gas light. And then she asks him, Isn't it, is it dark in here? Is it getting darker in here? And he keeps telling her, no, what, what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Same as it always is. And he keeps turning it darker and darker. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to make her think she's crazy. In other words, something is actually really taking place. And in this case, he's done it. And he wants her to think she's crazy because he just pretends it's not happening. So that's where the idea of gaslighting comes from. And so the way this applies to politics is, for example, you know that snatch and grabs are taking place in major cities around the country. I mean, you got somebody like uh, AOC, who her royal highness, who says that gaslighting is not, or that, sorry, that uh, the smash and grabs are not taking place, that they're fake. And that means she's trying to gaslight you. She's gaslighting the American public. There's actually something taking place, and she's trying to make it sound like nothing's taking place. So that's the very definition of gaslighting. I'm saying don't be gaslit. Don't listen to these politicians tell you that things aren't going on when you see them. And these things are actually going on. I mean, you know, who are you going to believe, them or your own lying eyes? And they're telling you, can't believe your own lying eyes. You need to believe them. That's the very definition of gaslighting. It's pretty much at this point all that the Biden administration has because everything's going wrong. Afghanistan, don't believe your lying eyes. Gaslight, right? That's down the memory hole. You notice that the Biden administration isn't talking about Afghanistan as if, if it doesn't exist. And if you ask your leftist friends about it, they'll tell you basically it doesn't matter, doesn't exist. There are still hundreds of Americans in Afghanistan, trapped in Afghanistan. There are literally thousands of green card holders. And to be clear, a green card holder is someone that enjoys all the rights and privileges that you do basically here in the United States, short of a couple of things like voting, but they're entitled to be here in the United States. We're supposed to protect them. We're supposed to look after them. There's plenty of people over there, our allies who helped us in the fight against the Taliban for a very long time. They're left over there, but the left pretends that there's no such thing as Afghanistan or that there's no problem in Afghanistan. It's really not hard for people left behind in Afghanistan. That is gaslighting, and we shouldn't buy that. It's not going to win Joe Biden the election, that's for sure, because when you look on Afghanistan, it's dismal for Joe Biden. Joe Biden and Ron Klain, his chief of staff, are also gaslighting us every day on Twitter about the economy. They're telling us that the jobs report was good. It came in over 325,000 jobs short of what they projected. It's 200,000 plus jobs instead of 500,000 plus jobs. And there's that's good job growth. That's gaslighting. You know that's not good job growth. I know that's good, not good job growth. And they're not going to make me feel crazy. And they're not going to make you feel crazy because they're not going to be successful in their gaslighting. Because you know better and I know better. And so we're not buying it. We're going to light the fires of liberty instead of being gaslit. This is really important. It's not making them popular either, by the way. Polling is terrible. Joe Biden is at historic lows. If this were Donald Trump or any other Republican president, they would say he's at historic lows. They don't mention it, but his polling is absolutely in the tank. 
It's really bad. And the only person who's worse, who's pulling is much worse, Kamala Harris, who herself seems to have been, I don't know, disappeared down the memory hole. Where is Kamala Harris? Isn't she the border czar? She was put in charge of the border, right? Here's another thing that they're going to gaslight you on. You know that they are now putting back in place the remain in Mexico policy. That's the policy that says if you're going to try and get across the border and claim asylum, you have to wait in Mexico while your asylum claim is being processed. This was a Trump policy, very successful policy, very smart policy. It worked under Trump, and now they're being forced to put it back in place. They'll never tell you that it was a Trump policy. They'll never tell you that things are going to get better if they enact this policy because they're going to gaslight you. And they're going to make you try to make you believe that this never happened, that none of this stuff ever happened. They're going to gaslight you. Don't be gaslit. Buy the gear, go in public, talk the truth to your friends, your family, your kids, your coworkers, your church, fellow churchgoers, and you tell them the truth so that they're not gaslit either because that's how you light the fires of liberty. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Now back to the show. Another important story in the news this week, Cuomo crashes. So Chris Cuomo, boom, booted from CNN. Couldn't happen to a more despicable human being. I'm glad to see it happen. His career in television, at least on temporary hiatus. Though I'll make you a prediction. If Jeffrey Tubin, he of the on-screen masturbation, like literally this is a guy who got busted masturbating during a Zoom call with his coworkers. He's back on the air on CNN. If he's back on the air on CNN, I guarantee you at some point, Chris Cuomo is back on the air on CNN. And there are already people on CNN that are talking about this, but why is he off the air? Well, and what we understand is that he's off the air because they did an investigation and they found out that he helped his brother, Andrew Cuomo, when Andrew was being investigated, <coughs> excuse me, and being accused of all this sexual harassment. And it turns out not only did he advise him, but he was going out and he was digging up dirt on the women who were accusing his brother, Andrew, of sexual harassment. And so CNN was allowing him, by the way, to cover his brother during the pandemic, to do these fawning interviews. You've all seen by now the famous giant Q-tip interview. They're joking around about COVID. Meanwhile, Andrew Cuomo is giving orders that literally caused the greatest percentage of death among seniors anywhere in the country, forces seniors with active COVID back into nursing homes where they infect entire populations and they just decimate those populations. He's responsible for the genocide of seniors in New York City, in New York State. He's responsible for that. It's He covers up, his brother helps him cover it up in the media. And this is the part that I find so ironic. Andrew Cuomo is out of office over a sex scandal. He's literally responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands of people. Chris Cuomo is having to leave office over a sex scandal. He literally helped his brother cover up the deaths of tens of thousands of people. And he's out because apparently he's done some scandalous things in helping his brother cover up this sex scandal. Also some other stuff, it sounds like Chris Cuomo himself uh, didn't fall far from the family tree, the proverbial family tree. And apparently he's involved in some sexual harassment claims as well. That's, that's all going to come out. But I, I'm just saying there's a bit of irony in it. Like, what are our standards really as a society? What are the left standards when he could lose his job because he helped his brother 
defend himself against sexual harassment allegations, but he doesn't lose his job for covering for his brother who killed tens of thousands of people. Because that's where we're at in New York City right now. That's where we're at in liberal media right now. There's literally these sex scandals are more important and more scandalous than killing tens of thousands of people. But in the end, the bottom line is, interestingly, it appears the Cuomo family political dynasty ends uh, with Andrew and with Chris Cuomo being drummed out of office and drummed out of media generally. Chris Cuomo, by the way, still has his radio program. We'll see if that lasts. Hopefully not. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Although I wouldn't ask for him to be censored. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying losing his job couldn't happen to a nicer guy. He deserves it. All right. Next is uh, a name that you're probably not familiar with, and you, you should be. There's a guy by the name of George Kelling. And George Kelling was 83 years old. Uh, he died this year. And he is famous for the broken windows theory of policing. If you don't know what that is, it's what cleaned up New York City in the 90s. It's what Giuliani used. And uh, I believe it's Bratton, who was his police chief, used to clean up New York City. And that theory said essentially that um, basically the way this worked, and I'm sorry, uh, Kelling, I I'm doing an RIP, but this is. This is uh, several years ago. I believe he, he died in 2019. And I'm just bringing this back up because New York City, San Francisco, LA, places like this have abandoned Kelling's philosophy of broken window policing. And what it meant was if there were broken windows, you had to deal with that. If there was graffiti, you had to deal with busting the graffiti artists. People were jumping the turnstiles in New York City subways. You had to deal with these low-level crimes. If people were hanging out in the streets dealing drugs, if they were disorderly and, and deserved to be moved along or arrested for disorderly conduct or loitering, you had to do those things or those things leaded to neighborhoods where worse crime would happen. And they proved these theories over and over and over again. New York City is the quintessential example. If you go back to the 80s, it was a completely unlivable, crime-infested place. Rudy Giuliani cleaned it up in the 90s. Bloomberg continued these policies and made the city nice. The city more like Disneyland than the urban hellhole it's become under de Blasio. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because George Kelling and this broken windows theory of policing are the complete antithesis of modern policing. See, we've now told the police in these major cities, if you harass people and make them move along for loitering or make them move along for low-level drug dealing or arrest them for graffiti or arrest them for jumping tollway or, or turnstiles in the uh, subways, that you're harassing minority people. And, and now we say, let them all go, let them all out of prison. And we're seeing the results of that in all of these cities. You know, we saw the, the Waukesha, what happened in the Waukesha with a guy driving the car and killing all those people in the parade. That's one of these people that's been let out for quote unquote low level crimes. Although in his case, it wasn't even low level crimes. The bottom line is this, you either have law and order in a city or you have no law, lawlessness, and chaos. Law and order versus lawlessness and chaos. I want to be clear, on my right is law and order. On my left is lawlessness and chaos. And behind all of this, or a lot of this, is a guy, I hate to bring his name up because it's almost like he's become a boogeyman, but it's real, is George Soros. And George Soros has been funding the election of a lot of district attorneys, prosecutors, whose job is normally to enforce the law, to prosecute cases, and he's bringing them in to drop cases, to not prosecute cases, to let people out of jail, to let the kind of criminals that will do what the Waukesha killer did and let them do. In fact, John Chisholm, who is the DA in uh, Milwaukee County, 
he is the poster child for this kind of let people out of jail philosophy. When he started doing this stuff, he even said, I know that people will die because of what I'm doing. And that's bound to happen. But he said it was better off. Is it really better off? Are we really better off? Six people died in the Waukesha slings that driving that guy driving his car through the crowd, 40 plus people injured, some of them very seriously. And so that's what John Chisholm has wrought. That's what George Soros has wrought in our cities. And if you live in a city and you're a Democrat and you happen to be listening, if you are, you probably hate me, but you got to ask yourself, hate me all you want, but you got to ask yourself, is this what you want your city to be? Do you really want lawlessness and chaos? Or do you want law and order? And I would argue you want law and order because I don't know anybody except for a criminal that doesn't want law and order. Most people who live in the inner cities are law-abiding people. And what you're doing, if you agree with, we ought to let everybody out of jail like this, what you're doing is you are foisting all lawlessness and chaos on inner city people. And you are punishing the least among us, the people who have the least, the people who have the most to lose because they're living right on the edge. And you're sentencing them to a life of chaos and disorder and crime and threats and fear. You're sentencing their children to that if you wanna let these people out of jail. If you say we shouldn't care about broken windows and graffiti, low-level crime like prostitution and drug dealing, if you say we shouldn't care about that stuff on our city streets, then you don't care about people. You can hate me for saying that if you want, but I'm not gonna gaslight you. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm not going to pretend that these problems don't exist because these problems do exist. You know, I just spent the last week in California. Uh, the first night I was actually in West Hollywood. I was on the on Sunset Boulevard, uh, on the Strip, uh, stayed in a hotel there. And I will tell you, going to LA is like going to some kind of weird science fiction dystopia. And first of all, I'm just, I love big cities, but not LA anymore. LA has just become an urban hellscape. You go there, you go from the airport to the hotel, then along the way you see homeless camps along the freeway, you see razor wire around lots, you see razor wire around some of the freeway signs to keep people from climbing up there and spraying graffiti on the freeway signs. The smog was so thick, they had an inversion layer settling and it was so thick that a few blocks up, it was hard to read the street signs. It was so thick that you couldn't read the billboards. It was so thick, smog I'm talking about, smoke in the air was so thick that it was hard to see the hills up behind the hotel. It's disgusting. I had a hotel room kind of up on a hillside, looked out over the city towards downtown Los Angeles. I know the city well, I grew up there. I, I grew up on that area of Sunset Boulevard. My dad had a health food store there. And I can tell you looking from my hotel room towards downtown LA, barely see the buildings of downtown LA through the smog. Everywhere you looked, you could see the air. It's disgusting. And this is what happens, right, when you have the most stringent emission laws in the country, you have the highest gas prices in the country. Gas was $5.19 a gallon there. Look, I'm complaining because it's at like 289 in Texas. I don't know how people are surviving there. It's a complete dystopia. Homeless camps, needles, trash everywhere crazy people on the streets. You got to show your vaccination card. We go into the hotel. People are yelling at us for not wearing our masks. They asked if I wanted a pass for the gym, which I would normally like, but I had to show my papers, comrade, right? I had to show a vaccination card. 
And we don't do that. I'm not vaccinated. I'm not showing a vaccination card. I'm not going for the fake vax card. I'm not showing a card, right? I'm not wearing my yellow star on my sleeve. I know like people are going to get all out of control because I said yellow star on the sleeve. I'm Jewish, right? I'm a Jewish Christian. I can say that. I'm going to say it. That's what it's show us your papers, comrade. If you don't have the right papers, you can't come in. All the restaurants required to see vax cards required you to have a mask. We actually went to a restaurant that was like a speakeasy in the old days, right? In Prohibition, they don't require vax cards. They don't require masks. We talked to the owner. He said, it's bull. He's not going to do it. He said, look, if people want to show me their vax cards, I'll look. I don't I'm even know what I'm supposed to be looking for. I'll look if they make me look, but I don't ask for it. He believes he's being free. And he told me, by the way, that he's formerly of the left, but that all his old friends who were leftists, they're all now fascists. And he said, they're not leftists anymore at all. They're actual fascists. They don't want you to have freedom. They don't want you to be able to speak. They don't want you to be able to think. They don't want you to be able to go out and eat where you want, drink where you want. They want to control your life. And so I met this guy, it was really interesting. And he said, a lot of people are becoming like this, that they're sort of being radicalized underground against the fascism. And he told me about a lot of different communities in LA where you see this uprising. I met a guy in the hotel lobby. I was wearing my Hell No Joe shirt. I had to have my mask on, so I had a mask on. He said, I like your shirt. I looked at the guy. I thought, man, he doesn't look like a guy who would like my shirt. And his hair was kind of standing up. The ends were frosted. He had hats all over the place. And he said, where are you from? You're obviously not from around here. And I said, no, I'm from Austin. He goes, oh, you mean the land of low taxes and freedom? He said, I've been trying to move there. I need to move there. And we heard this everywhere we went, people just trying to escape the dystopia. We then went down to San Diego. By the way, San Diego is a lot better off city by city. It's different. Uh, San Diego is still a pretty city. It's gotten too crowded for me. There is plenty of wokeism there, but much better in San Diego than it was in Los Angeles. Uh, let's see. What else do we have tonight? Um, yeah, let's, let's close with this, and then we'll go to Q&A real quick. I do get to travel all over the country. And I get to see grassroots all over the country, whether it's in LA, and I met some incredible conservative patriots in LA, or San Diego, I know, and met a bunch of great conservative patriots in San Diego, or New York City, or San Francisco, or anywhere else you might think is woke and liberal, there are great grassroots patriots out there. In fact, we have a bunch of grassroots patriots this week, they're participating in Get Out the Vote for the Houston Independent School District election, they're trying to help that school district get unwoke, and they made over, I think, 2,000 calls this weekend, 2,100 calls in a get-out-the-vote effort. Incredible patriots everywhere I go. This is what gets me up in the morning. This is what gives me hope. Hope leads to faith. Faith leads to love. Those are the things you need. That's what I believe biblically. you got to have hope, and I promise you that if you have hope in your heart, then you have energy for the fight. I got a lot of hope in my heart because I know you. I meet a lot of you all over the country. That gives me a lot of hope. That gives me faith in the potential future of the country. And that makes me love what I'm doing. Love you guys. Love the country even more. Hope, faith, and love. Those are important things. All right, let's go to some questions or comments. Producer G is giving me some here. Let's see what we got. We'll go to the best of the best. When will a convention of states happen? This is from Jeff Havely. Jeff. I'm going to give you the optimistic outlook because I'm getting more and more optimistic every day. We have 31 states with both houses controlled by Republicans today. With Virginia, that'll be 32. They just flipped their House of Delegates. They're going to flip their Senate in 23. It only takes 34 states to call 
two more needed. Minnesota is a split legislature. I think we can flip Minnesota back in the next cycle. And then finally, I'm shooting for uh, Nevada. Probably there are a couple other states, but Nevada has gone blue, then red, then blue. I think it can flip back. They've lost union membership there. That's really what keeps them blue. So I think we can do it in Nevada as well. Get to 34 states. The runway is there for convention. Let's say uh, 2024. Why don't we call a convention in 2024? Les Draper asks, can CUS do anything about national standards for voting rules? Les, I get this question all the time, and it terrifies me because I don't want to do anything about national standards for voting rules. And here's why. It says constitutionally that the states have the right to control their elections, and that's a feature and not a bug because it allows red states to protect their voting systems. Right. I know the blue states aren't going to do it, but imagine if you got a federal government in charge of all the voting standards for the entire country, and now you had a Biden administration or a Harris administration or Obama administration in control of voting standards for the entire country. You know what they would be? It would allow my dog to vote, and it would allow me to vote five times for my dog as long as I was a Democrat, right? And so we can't let that happen. We don't want national voting standards. Uh, Edna Kruger asks, are there names of getting people out of Afghanistan uh, what one would you recommend supporting? I would say the best person I saw doing this was Glenn Beck. Uh, I forget what the name of his group is, but I'm sure you can find it at uh, at his his website. Uh, let's see. Debbie Wright Swisher says, why does Soros want to create total chaos? Why do people in office agree to it? Because he, what he wants, what from what I can tell, what Soros wants is the total breakdown of order because this is what left is like, total breakdown of order. And then it's easy to impose totalitarianism because people will do anything to restore order. So what you see is in situations of total social chaos, you get the strong man who comes in, right? And, you know, muscularly restores order with police power. I think that's what they're looking for. Uh, Mark Lagos says, who can we help call a convention of states? Mark, wherever you're at, whatever state you're in, sign up with your state team. Go to conventionofstates.com. Sign the petition. That petition goes to your state legislators, right? It'll go to your member of the house or assembly and to your senator automatically and then and this is super important up at the top you're going to click the take action tab convention of states.com take action volunteer get involved we have the largest base of actual active activists in the united states of america people who volunteered signed up for gotten trained on a membership slot get involved in the movement this is what i mean when we say don't be gaslighted light the fires of liberty instead in order for you to be part of the fires of liberty and part of the fires of freedom, what you have to do is you have to be engaged. It's not enough to just talk. You have to act. You have to be involved in elections. You have to run for school board. You have to get involved with our organization and use our Telepatriot app to be making phone calls, encouraging people to get out. And you have to go to the school board meetings. Maybe you're going to have to become a politician. Sorry, I had to become a lobbyist. You might have to do things that are uncomfortable, but it's going to take us doing the uncomfortable until they're comfortable for you and I to save the nation. I can tell you this. I'm going to be committed for the long haul to saving the nation. I'm going to be in the fight. I'm going to be out there being bold and being public about it. I'll wear my Let's Go Brandon shirt. You can get that conventionofstates.com forward slash store. I'm going to wear the gear, and it's not just to promote Convention of States. Do you know, it doesn't say Convention of States on the front, and I want to promote convention of states but the main thing i want to promote is the idea that we're not going to take it lying down so go to convention forward slash store get your gear buy the merch for all your friends and your family 
Have an incredible holiday season. And remember, let's not forget what the season's about. As we move closer to Christmas, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. If, if you're a believer, get your Founders Bible. You'll learn a lot about what the Founders thought about all that stuff. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. This is the Battle Cry for this Sunday. I'll see you next week on the Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.